Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have any sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Ali and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. Okay. You're listening to Eat and Drink, and I'm really excited about today's show. My name is Marco Timpano. Hello, honey. My name is Ali Hassan. The honey being a little tea. Did I give it away too soon? I no, no, it. my friend. You never give away anything that's going to happen on this show. We, we just go. We fly. We fly. Well, we are both talking about uh, something we love, something that has gotten us out of tight spots, made us feel good inside warmed our bellies on a on a cold sad night honey we're talking honey uh honey in your drinks honey in my food and yeah. lots of honey suggestions also so yeah i hope uh if you have a if you have an allergy to honey this is not a good episode for you i'm very sorry to say okay i want to say a couple of things as well first of all valentine's day is around the corner and if you want to get your loved one something get them honey Forget about these cinnamon hearts. Forget about all this bullshit that people try to hawk you on Valentine's Day. You get a little flight of different flavors of honey. So like, you know, you get orange blossom honey, get some wildflower honey, get some buckwheat honey, and then make some little toasty things or whatever that go well with honey, cheeses and whatnot. And celebrate Valentine's Day by enjoying honey with your partner. That's what I got to say. And also, sneaky little Marco there, the gift yeah. that keeps on giving because uh, your partner probably can't finish all that honey in one sitting. So then yeah. you get to, going forward, share in that gift. So you're really getting yourself a gift while making yourself look good to somebody else. That's um, hey. You're not a good person. No. And here's what I'll say. Maybe your partner can't finish it. But if there's one thing my partner loves oh, more than anything, yeah. it's Amanda loves honey. Man, mm-hmm. you said that about lobster a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. imagine honey glazed lobster. It's, she'd be dead. She'd, be, she'd die of shock. She always asks this question. You know, when you have these questions at a dinner party or whatever, and she's like, if you could have a restaurant that focuses on one food item, what would that food item? be right mm-hmm. and for her it's honey so all her oh, the dishes extra, have emphasis, honey. Uh, extra yeah. emphasis on b huh good yeah, for you yeah. you didn't even know what yeah. you were doing it was great yeah that's is that true okay that's very interesting because that's yeah. what i want to talk about. i want to take a little tour of honey uh, yeah. not like through the ages but through the dishes and uh that's great you're yeah. um i was i was saying that your cocktail today is something that i've had before yeah and it just I don't know. You know, I'd been using honey in so many different things and just, this was in Ottawa five, six years ago. Yeah. And uh, you'll tell people the name, but, but obviously, you know, it's suggestive of honey in it. And I just was mm. like, I have never had honey in a cocktail. Is this allowed? Yeah. Is this legal? I wasn't, I was like, how, how has this never happened? I use honey in so many goddamn things. Why yeah. not in a cocktail? And so I'm excited to, uh, to hear you introduce this to many people probably. Well, I want to say this. If we were back in the 20s, I would say that you, my friend, are the bee's knees. And that's the cocktail we're going to make. And that's also an expression that was very popular back in the day. All right. It meant excellent and outstanding. And we will see if what I'm going to create is actually excellent and outstanding. Now, 
Here's things that I love about this particular drink here. It's a simple drink in that it has three ingredients in it. However, perhaps the reason that you've never made this before is we need to do something to the honey prior to putting putting it into the drink. Okay. Okay, but before we do that, I'm going to just say, listen, before you reach for the Robitussin, make yourself this cocktail. Mm. Okay, so if you, for example, have to, you know, um, if you need a cough suppressant, don't reach for the dextromethorphan. Instead, you're going to make this. All right, my friend. Okay, I absolutely hear you. Yeah. All right. So this drink was created by Frank Mayer, an Austrian born bartender who who worked at the Hotel Ritz in Paris in 1921 when the Café Parisien opened. This was the drink that he made. And it's a it's sort of an extension of the gin sour in that we have gin, lemon, and instead of sugar, we've got honey. Okay, now, the sour would have sugar. Sugar, right. No egg whites and, and honey is the replacement. Okay. Listen, with a sour, you can always have egg whites. So there could be egg whites. But if you're doing a simple gin sour, it has those three ingredients. This has these three ingredients. Now, featuring honey instead of sugar the honey creates a richer drink it's 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 richer it's got warmer tones um and and it, and depending on the floral nature of your gin honey is going to be a wonderful complement right mhm just to go further with this honey so this honey was gifted to me by my friend Rosalba her friends Labrine and John Pravolos i think i'm saying it wrong Pravolos. I'm going to just say it like that. I'm you couldn't sorry. have rehearsed just out no. of respect for another human being. And the funny thing name. is, I really, I, I've met this couple many times. They're really lovely. I can't say their last name. Listen, they get a pass on trying to say my last name. Um, but I will say this: they make this honey themselves, and they made mead, and I got to try their mead. And I hate mead. I think mead is. Ugh. And their mead was wonderful. It was subtle. It was lovely. It wasn't the fucking swill that I've often tasted. And when you say mead, are you talking about uh, a, a, like rustic beer, basically? Is that what yeah, you like homemade? Like, yeah, mead is a homemade uh, drink that's made with honey instead of, um, it's like an old alcoholic beverage yeah, that you make it's old school. school. Yeah, you ferment the honey with water. So rather than fermenting like grapes to make wine, you're making this um, honey fermented drink. And it has fruits and spices and grains or hops. So it is kind of beery, but oftentimes it's a total fail because, (laughs) you know, uh, honey is complex but simple. So you've got to be really careful the the way you deal with honey, in my opinion. Okay. I'm sure we'll find out more about that in the food section. But now let me get to what we're going to do here. So thank you, Labrine and John, for your honey. Now, we've got to make honey simple syrup. That's where it becomes tricky in, in the sense that you can't just use honey in this drink because honey does not mix well, right? It's not, mm. it's it's too syrupy. It's too, um, it's viscosity. It does not mix with with liquid, right? So you need to, you need to blend equal parts honey with hot water to make a honey simple syrup. Okay. So again, with the equal parts for the syrup, I love these syrups. So simple. If you try to just put honey in this drink, it's going to clump together and it's not going to be infused in the drink the way we want to do. I hear you. Okay. So simply, you know, as always with simple syrup, you're going to warm, or you're going to, you're going to heat, boil some water and put equal parts of that water and honey and mix it up and shake it up. 
So let's get to this drink. Okay, so in a shaker full of ice, we're going to put two ounces of gin. And once again, if you have a floral gin, great. That's going to work nicely for this particular uh, drink because as you can imagine, uh, you know, bees get honeys from flowers. So if you have a floral gin, it's going to work really nice together. And how much did you say you paid for this drink when you were in Chicago? Uh, it, no, it was in Ottawa and it was an $18 cocktail, which is insane. Yeah. But I think it was the type of gin. Here's the thing. I know why I never had the bee's knees and wouldn't have even looked at it in any section of a menu. <clears throat> I was never a gin fan. In fact, I was very anti-gin. Uh, when you're 17 and you do a shot of gin, yep. because your friends and you are just so fixated on shots, get that booze in you without any mix. One like shot glass, like a one and a half ounce of gin as a shot and not a good quality gin, it'll turn you off a gin for a while. So I think that's what happened to me. So only when I was coming back into this gin world, which I was never really in, I was coming into it, uh, did I start trying like good quality gin and looking at gin based um, cocktails. Hence the bee's knees came to my attention, but I think it was pretty stiff. I think they used some flowers in it and stuff too. It was, it was like sure. a bee's knees on steroids. Listen, listen, if you're going to pay 18 bucks, it better be a souped up version of the bee's knees. I put an ounce of lemon juice in here and now you can put a half ounce to a three quarter ounce of honey syrup, depending how sweet you like it. This is fine quality honey and I know my honey. So this is more of a wildflower honey versus a buckwheat honey. So it's a little bit more subtle. So I'm going to use three quarters of an ounce of this honey syrup in mine. Plus I like things sweet. And then you're going to use a bit of uh, lemon peel for garnish. So I'm just going to mm. shake this up. I just want people to recognize how you, um, how you sounded like a competitive 16 year old cheerleader. When you said, I know my honey, it was almost accusatory. Like I know my honey. Um, we know, you know, your honey, buddy, take it easy. Huh? Listen, when you know, you know, my friend, when you know, you know, okay. It makes a beautiful color drink. As you can imagine, it's very light, light on the yellow, almost the color that they say you want your urine to be. Um, if you're drinking enough amount Great of water, sales pitch, good, you know, just in case you're like, I'm just going to take a photo of it before I drink it. So I've never had the bee's knees. I was really excited to sort of, uh, develop this cocktail for today's, uh, episode. And I'm going to give it, I'm going to raise it to you. You've never to, had it. Here no, I am no. feeling sheepish about the fact that I only had it five years ago and you've never had it. Unbelievable. No, 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 no. I, like you, I wasn't a big gin fan until we started doing this podcast. And I'll tell you why. That's very recent, buddy. All right. To Rosalba, Labrine, and John's health, I'm going to have a sip. Oh, it's really nice, my friend. It's really nice. Like it's... The interesting thing for me in this drink is when I think honey, I think hot drinks. Honey yeah. goes in tea. Honey goes in warm things, not in cold drinks. This is a cold drink with that flavor of honey that sort of lingers a bit on your palate, and it's wonderful. So, so it's a it's a refreshing drink. It's far more refreshing than I anticipated because with honey, I think hot drinks and teas and things like that. And for me, this. Um, this is this is refreshing and lovely and well balanced. A very well balanced drink. Definitely try the um, the bees knees. Bees now there knees are, if you're a gin fan, yeah, absolutely. Now there's some variations on the bees knees too. You can add two dashes of absinthe and two dashes of orange bitter to make a variation called the oldest living Confederate widow. <laughs> yep, I just love the guy who walks up to a bar and orders that. Yep. And then shows disdain for the bartender who doesn't know what it is. But anyway, okay, great. 
If you want a more casual, long-sipping kind of drink, perhaps an afternoon, uh, you're going to an afternoon cotillion. Add club soda, top it up with club soda and uh, like, uh, let's say a highball with ice and you can just sip on that. And if you want it to have more of a floral flavor, you can replace the honey with Saint-Germain or Saint-Germain. Mm-hmm. Or I would say add honey and Saint-Germain and you'll have a really floral uh, tasting drink. And of course, you add the sweetness you want, you want. So if you want more honey, add more honey. If you want less, you can have less. If you're not a gin fan, vodka works nicely in this drink too. But then you don't call it the bee's knees or you do? Or bee's knees necessarily has gin, I, I believe. I, I think the bee's knees references the 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 honey more the honey than more the gin. Than you okay. can say the, a, vodka, a vodka bee's knees and you're good. Okay. Let's say a Russian bee's knees. There you go. Russian. Good for you. Yeah, because when a cocktail has Russian in it, that's nine out of ten times it's going to have vodka, right? Vodka, so exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is a beautiful drink, my friend. I know. I know. I'm just sitting here picking at my teeth with a pen. Uh, sorry, old, my friend. Some old stale Earl Grey in front of me. No, no. These are choices I've made. You don't worry about me. I could have gone right by your side and made the drink at the same time. But I'm just trying to give my liver a break for a few more weeks. I also want to say I want to say this. I am going to make a really nice recipe card for this particular uh, drink. So if you want a copy of that card, email us at podcasteatdrink at gmail.com and I'll send you a really lovely card and the uh, recipe for this drink. You can find the recipe on our uh, in our show notes when you listen to this episode. But if you want a really nice card, uh, just just send us an email and I'll be happy to forward that to you. How nice. Making a card for the people. I don't even know how that's done, but good for yeah, you. It, it's it's more of a document, but I've, I've snazzed it up a bit. I've sent you a couple of those documents recently, but I'm going to do one for the bee's knees. Good for you, buddy. Yeah, good yeah. for you. Okay, the bee's knees, success, as it should have been. If you like gin, you like the feeling of summer. And it's very funny that you started with, uh, this is basically a Robitussin uh, replacement, <laughs> and we ended with, ah, oh, it's very refreshing. So I don't know if that says something about you, <laughs> what you find refreshing, um, or in the end, it wasn't very Robitussin-y at all. But yes, as soon as you've got honey and lemon in a drink, you're already off to the races, and gin already has a slightly medicinal uh flavor so i'm i mean it's gotta it's gotta help you in some way this drink it's gonna make you better you're better off having it than not of having it not have had how, having it or whatever that's how i feel for sure yeah, yeah no i can i can hear your joy <laughs> the joy meter went up on this end you know when the intimate this intimate headphone microphone arrangement um I can feel your emotions here, and this was a good one. Congratulations. Right. I'm very Thank happy you, my friend. You. Thank All you. Right. Well, I want to talk about honey and food. Now, when you think about honey and food, uh, what comes, what comes, I'm, you, you're, what is the first thing that comes into your mind, bud? What, uh, what honey and food. You're probably going to say a cruller, a cruller because you're no. a child inside? No. Okay, tell me. No, aklava is the first thing that comes oh, to mind. Go. It's one of my favorite yeah. desserts. It's the first thing that comes to mind. And what about if we leave the dessert world? Not that we have to, we'll return to it. But what if, what if we, we think not in the dessert world, where would, where would honey go for you? It, it, okay. So then for me, it goes in Asian dishes, Szechuan this, uh, <laughs> honey, honey, garlic, that, you know, that's, that's where it's going to go for me. The, this and that is hilarious. Like you're complaining. These immigrants come here. They got the Szechuan this, the Korean that, the honey glaze. Whatever happened to, whatever happened to a pork roast, huh? Whatever. whatever. Sound like you were going in that direction. Obviously, you are not. I know you thank the Asians every day for uh, for doing what they've done to you. 
Listen, I, I'm never going to argue with uh, Asian cuisine. So if they're using honey, I'm more than happy to, exactly. to, uh, to drink that, that business. Exactly. I'm going to tell you uh, about some ways to eat honey that maybe you haven't thought of. Now, this was uh, in the last decade, something that started to be seen very often when you have those charcuterie boards, right? Yes. Uh, as soon as you start putting uh, nuts and fruits on it, I think logically honey is also a great extension with uh, a variety of different cheeses. And if you have like smoked salmon there, you can put, you know, honey on that. If you have uh, roasted carrots and the carrots are roasted in some kind of spice, like a, a Turkish pepper or something like paprika, something like this, they can be dipped in a little bit of honey. So when you're making a board um, with nuts and cheese and meats, there's a, that's a great place for honey to go. Just going to throw that out there. Sure. The place that I use honey, probably the most, two places. Uh, one is salad dressings. Oh, okay. that's why I was thinking about how you were talking about how, how uh, honey in, a, in, in, you know, in these drinks can be clumpy and that's why you make a syrup. Yeah. I know that world very well because I've, sh- I've had to shake a Mason jar for 15 minutes to get, the honey to dissolve in a salad dressing. Um, right. Of course. So yeah. That's where a good warmed up uh, mason jar, a little bit of, you know, warmed up lemon juice, whatever you're going to use. That's always very helpful to break down your, uh, your salad dressing. But I'm a big fan of honey, even not even that much, such a little amount of honey goes such a long way. And, and, you know, like your recipe for drinks, I'm just talking about very simple olive oil, lemon juice, and some honey. And it really brightens up anything. Asparagus, green beans, uh, fresh greens. It's terrific. So honey should be on hand for dressings, for sure. Um, I would say drizzling it over bread is a classic. And then one of my favorite things is And we've done, if you want to go back and look at these very, very simple, unbelievably delicious and hot, um, hot sauces that we've made, pepper sauce, I would say a pepper sauce, particularly when I make scotch bonnet pepper sauces, which is about probably 10 times a year, uh, I am using honey because the scotch bonnet peppers already have a sweetness to them and the honey brings out that natural sweetness. It's also hot as hell, but there's also a sweetness at the bottom there, right? That's always fun. Obviously, cocktails are great. Um, it's uh, when once we start getting into the meats, chicken is, um, you know, especially if it's like a boring chicken breast. You know my feelings about chicken breast. Yeah. A, a glaze, like a soy honey glaze, is a terrific thing to lean on. A barbecue sauce with honey in it, always amazing. And I found that a lot of fried chicken restaurants. Oh, have honey as a, as a side, just honey reminiscent of, uh, McDonald's when I used to buy nuggets as a kid, yes. one of the things that, a, that you could dip your nugget in was, was honey. And I remember thinking that was so weird, like just honey, shouldn't this be honey ranch or even back then I was a visionary, you know, even at that sure, age sure. I saw, I was like, oh, what about the sriracha honey? I said to myself and to a bunch of kids who were like, shut up, idiot. You don't know what sriracha is. 
but I remember that was a thing. And and so now when I've had fried chicken with honey drizzled on it or as a side, I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this is a thing. This is a thing that McDonald's was trying to push on the the naive of us who hadn't visited the uh uh, you know, New Orleans and the American South. So fried chicken, it's great. Listen, oh, really? McDonald's, McDonald's doing its best to, to deliver haute cuisine to you. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Haute cuisine, uh, buddy. Try to deliver some haute language to me when you speak, Listen. for God's sake. Listen, you understand what I mean. I do understand what you mean. Uh, and then finally, it's hard for me to think of ribs, um, short ribs or long ribs or baby back ribs without honey. That's one of my favorite. I just feel like pork and honey go very, very well together and, uh, and beef ribs too. Obviously if you're having beef ribs, there's no reason not to, to, to look into a honey glaze. And then when you're barbecuing them or grilling them, there is a lot more attention that you wind up paying to them as well because honey can like light on fire. You know, honey is, uh, honey can really, um, if you ever left something with a honey or even like a sugary coating, that caramelization can go to just straight up burnt very, very quickly. Can you can you put honey in curry to sort to sort of give it a bit of body or, or anything like that? Um, I would refer to that as completely unnecessary. Okay. That's how I would say it. All right. Yeah. yeah. I w- I've never done that and I've never felt the need to. And I'm a honey lover. You know? All right. Um, well, I mean, look. Who knows what I'm talking about? Look, a piece of one of my favorite fish is Arctic char. Right. You know, pan fried Arctic char with a with a honey and just soy. You know, so soy sauce, honey, a little bit of lime juice, some green onions minced in there, uh, you know, scallions, maybe sesame seeds. That is a a, a beautiful little dressing for a, for a piece of, of salmon or Arctic char. And some people would be like, not necessary. Right, right, right. Sure, at all. They so that's what where I'm coming from in the curry world. Not necessary. But if you googled curry and honey right now, there's got to be curries out there where oh, that's sure. happening. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's happening. funny. You, you can even scale honey way back, my friend, and um, you know, like add some honey to your butter. Oh yeah, like a like a thyme butter honey. Yeah. When you have guests over, you put that in front of them with their with your homemade sourdough bread because I know how much you love sourdough bread. I love it so and, much. And, and it takes it takes nothing to get room temperature butter and stir in a bit of thyme, a bit of butter, and you're laughing. And I also want to give uh, you know a shout out to your paisani in Montreal who use honey when they make their Montreal style bagels, which are my favorite, um, bar none. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for calling Jewish men who don't know me my paisani. There was a whole bunch of mixing and melding. Uh, what a what a cultural what a cultural melting pot that was. You're, you're, from, Montreal. you're from Montreal. Yes. The bagels are from Montreal. You know those Jewish people, people making them are from your paisani, yeah. whether you like it or not. I love it. I love it. No, they do good work, and I'm proud to be. Well, it's a, it's actually both. It's proud to be from Montreal and uh, cursed to be from Montreal when my, sure. my my wife brings, you know, quote unquote bagels home. And I'm like, that is a bun with a hole in it. That's like a, a non-sweet donut. Right. That's what that okay. is. I'm going to throw them onto the yard. But anyway, um, you want to talk about easy. You're talking about yeah. butter and honey and thyme, yeah. which I think is fantastic. Chili honey. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. And yes. It, is, it just could not be more simple. You heat honey in a pan uh, so that th- that way it can soften 
right? You, the, and, and then you, you break chilies in half. You could have your uh, Calabrian chilies. You could have Pasilla, Guayillo. You could have all kinds of different chilies in there. You can have one type of chili and just pour the warm honey over the chilies in a mason jar. And that's it for a few days. You've, and you've got, you've got a chili honey and uh, the spice and the, and the sweet goes so well together. Uh, my wife will make honey glazed carrots when we have um, when it's a side to a heavier meal, like a really, mm-hmm. you know, just to add a bit sweet of sweetness to your sides, especially when we have plenty of sides. She'll often make honey glazed carrots. What a, what a great time to be alive. Yeah. yeah. Huh? yeah. How lucky for you. So one recipe I want to share that uh, I want to talk about one thing before I, okay, before no, I finish wrap up on my love for honey. Can I just say one thing? Yes. Oh my God. Here like, we go. Here like, you can and, go. And I just need to say this because this is a hundred percent true. Yesterday, just yesterday, my wife ordered three kilograms of Ontario wildflower honey. I'm just going to say that. That's great. That's great. I hope it's legit. I hope it's not some of that crap that's out there, that swill that's out there masking itself as honey. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, that's that's something we need to mention. We'll talk about it after you after you 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 tell us about this dish you're about to tell us. Well, there's two things. One was going back to the Robitussin. If you ever make, and, and Martha Stewart has one of these uh, tonics, you know, um, everybody has one of these tonics, but it's like tons of ginger and your your best friend rosemary and then chilies and black peppercorns and cinnamon sticks and lemon all these unbelievable uh uh, you know uh, aromatic tasty uh, vegetables and fruits and spices and then apple cider vinegar and honey and that together you can look up any apple cider tonic and and you'll see a bunch of different ways to make them. You can have big chunks of apples and oranges in there too. Um, that's pretty terrific. Like oh, that is one of these things that you are drinking and you're like, I am getting, I am, he- things in my body are healing that I didn't even know needed healing. That's the way I feel. And you can also put turmeric in there if you want to be oh, absolutely yeah. crazy. You can put it all inside a cheesecloth, inside a huge jar, and then it easily comes out after a few weeks of steeping or a few days of steeping. Bring that whole cheesecloth out. Everything can come out with it. And uh, and you can keep that for a long time. Personally, I'd keep the ingredients in there. That's just how I like to do it. I put a chunk of ginger in a in a tea thermos. Like, and just keep pouring hot water over that ginger. That's what I usually do. There's so, certain things that that honey, you know, loves. Honey, honey pairs well with citrus and with ginger. They're they're like it's it's a complementing force when you have honey and ginger together. Uh, they just work so well together. They're just they just they just know what they're doing. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I want to give a final recipe here. Okay. It's a new year. You're probably looking at ways to not be a complete uh, lazy fatso that you were in 2020. Uh, I'm speaking, of course, directly to Marco, not to our listeners. Thank you. Um, But I was was obviously the lazy fatso. I'm speaking to myself. Uh, 2020 was um, more feeling sorry for myself than I really needed to. And what that meant was uh, not eating as uh, well on the weekends, more cheating, especially in the month of December, things got uh, pretty ugly. So you might be looking at lower fat options. Even though I just sang the praises of ribs and made my mouth water, you might be looking at ground turkey more than you have 
lately. Right. Right. Even when we talked about Turkey last at the end of last year, we never really talked about ground Turkey. No, we, we were talking about all kinds of things to do with Turkey. We never talked about ground Turkey. So I'm going to suggest these Turkey meatballs. And I'm okay. going to suggest these because recently uh, we were out for quite some time and I got one of my favorite things, which is the canned chipotle peppers in adobo sauce. So smoky and spicy. And so whenever I make black beans, a huge dollop of that goes in and I, I you know, I cut up the, the, the chipotle to mix and I get lots of complaints from the family, but that earthiness is so good. So I'm going to recommend ground okay. turkey. Yes. Diced onion, diced garlic, salt, pepper, honey, like a couple tablespoons of honey, and then a couple of tablespoons of chipotle chilies and adobo sauce. And instead of lime, you can use a little bit of lime juice to brighten up, or you can use cider vinegar, which is the trip I'm on after uh, talking about that tonic. And, uh, and those are just phenomenal meatballs. They're meatballs. It's like meatloaf, but in a ball size. And then you can make a, 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 a tomato sauce to go with it, or Again, a, a chipotle flavored uh, tomato sauce to, to to go with it, and they're absolutely fantastic. Oh, and man. Um, and you feel like a champ. You know what I mean? That's that's so great. You know, it, it it's amazing how honey can really give uh, a dish the lift that it needs. Otherwise, I hear you, buddy. Yeah. I hear you. We don't talk right. about it enough. So we talked about the good side of honey. I got to talk about a couple of things with honey. All right. I want to let everybody know you got to beware of fake honey. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah, there's yeah, so so honey can all, often be cut with cheap syrups, uh, like uh, corn syrup, rice syrup, beet syrup, other sugars, high fructose corn syrup, and they'll mix it together because honey, you know, it's a uh, it's it it takes a lot of effort to make honey, not just by the bees, but by the beekeeper themselves. So to bring you uh, a quality honey, you know, it, it, there's a price to it, right? And it's not unlike cocaine in that respect, Marco. And I think you're probably thinking about that right now as well. Uh, you, you, people are cutting honey the way they are cutting cocaine because it takes a lot of effort and money to get the good stuff to you. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. cut my coke or my honey. Now, here's what I will say. You've always my, said that, Marco. You've said that like, since day one. I, I want that on my tombstone. Here lies Martin Pennell. <laughs> Don't cut his coat or his honey. Now, here's what I got to say, all right? Also, apart from cutting it with syrups, there are some cheaper honeys on the market. I'm not going to mention the countries they come from, but what they'll do is they'll take this cheap honey and they'll Just whisper it. it. Just whisper it so nobody hears. Every time I do that, you know, I get people calling me racist, right? So I'm not going to say, I'm not, I, I don't have a problem with these countries. I have a problem with their inferior honey being cut with our Canadian bee honey or mm. California orange blossom honey. And now, you're cutting it with garbage. Before you get overly, before you start singing, oh, Canada, I'm sure there are Canadian beekeepers or bee, you know, farmers, manufacturers, producers who are also cutting honey. Oh, we don't live in a perfect country. No, hundred percent. Yes. And they're cutting it with inferior honey for sure. You don't want that. You want your honey to be a single source honey. You don't want your honey mixed with honey from all different places. One of the wonderful uh, therapeutic or medicinal aspects of honey is that honey from where you happen to be living from have 
the flowers that are around you. So supposedly, if you have allergies to flowers that are seasonal in the area which you live, you should be adopting or adding that honey from that area into yeah. your diet because supposedly it helps to combat those allergies of those mm-hmm. flowers, right? And, you know, when you get single source honey or honey from one hive, the honey is tastes better. It's got um, subtleties and, and notes that doesn't have when you mix it, just like when they blend, you know, they when you have a burger that's been blend with, with meat from all around the world, it's not the same as if I get some chuck, I have it ground and I make a burger, right? It's mm-hmm. the same thing honey same with cocaine same with anything that you can cut wine sometimes they'll cut wine with garbage wine we can talk to our friend loretto about that in episodes to come but when it comes to honey you want to make sure you're getting the best honey and so what you want to do is try to get that honey if you can from local beekeepers but if you can't for example you want to get you want to you want to figure out that the honey is real and i i'm taking this from an article from radio canada from uh, cbc and it says here to find out if you're buying good real honey you should first look at the price cheap honey is generally not pure hmm. then it's a good thing to find uh, a bottle of honey that has a person's name on it or a beekeeper's name on it, or something that seems reputable so that you can always track the source of the honey. And also, I don't know if it says this in the article, Marco, but uh, I'm sure you're well well aware of this. It's very important to get to know the name of every single bee. If you can. If you can. I mean, if you don't know all their names and you're not a good person, that's uh, that's pretty much, I think think that's, that's fair to say, isn't it? Listen, I will tell you this. From this same article, it says out of the 240 samples that they tested, 78% were authentic honey, including 100% Canadian honey. However, that's the rem- too high on the inauthentic side. That's yeah. too high. That's not good. That's very makes me very uncomfortable. Twenty two percent contained added sugars, and one fifth of the honey was imported from a number of countries, including. And this is not me saying it. It's this article, but they were able to verify that it was cut with honey from Greece, China, India, Pakistan, and <sighs> Vietnam. Why? Why I never racisto. Listen, you you can blame um, Matthew Lesser from Radio Canada who did this article. You're just reading an article. You're okay, kid. You're okay, kid. But we got our eyes on you, but you're okay this time. But no, 22% of the honey that's in our market is fake. And you can taste the difference, my friend. You can taste the difference. Yeah, you really can. You really can. I don't uh, know honey like uh, like Marco, but I, uh, I do know when something feels that it's like it's bad quality and and often the 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 first step in the war against uh you know inauthentic honey and fraudulent honey is is unfortunately it is price if you're paying less than 10 bucks for a large jar of honey and it feels too good to be true it's probably because it really really is my friend just type in the compute in in your computer on on a search engine a honey sugar fake honey honey adulterated and you'll see i'm just i'm just scrolling through uh chinese sugar in the covid era has brought has been targeted in fake honey like i'm just looking at all this and that's dangerous when you start cutting stuff with a pure product it becomes dangerous to anybody who might have allergies to these um sugars that are being cut into the honey so that mm. really that really bothers me and i have to say you know we need to have more um 
more action taken regulation around that. Yeah. Because this could be dangerous for people and, and that's not cool. Uh, all kidding aside, but I love honey. Fucking give me honey. Even in my, in my coffee, give me a teaspoon of honey in my coffee and I'm a happy man. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's actually dangerous because I, uh, I go just black coffee. And then as soon as you start putting honey, you're like, no, that's too good. And then it's very hard to go back to just black coffee or I don't drink coffee, but you know, espresso, I, I, I I don't know. I can't go back once I start. So I stay away from the, otherwise it's going to be too much honey in one day. I probably wind up having, but uh, honey and butter on toast, honey and peanut butter, honey and cashew. butter. You know, honey, peanut butter with honey on a bagel. There's nothing better than that. I mean, there's a couple of things, Marco, but yeah, I'll, I'll play along. I'll play along. It's very good. It's very good. Marco, we've talked a lot about this. Are you ready to get something shoved in your mouth? Uh, in a, a just a, a, a careless, reckless, uh, insane way. The I'm way you're going to be honest, honest with you. I forgot about this segment. Like, I, I, Amanda's ready for it, but I talking about honey. I totally forgot we have this segment. So, uh, yeah, I think shit. that's that's courtesy of the bee's knees as well. I think yeah, you are really okay. in a your happy place. Totally. All right. I, I'm gonna get ready. What's in Marco's mouth? That's right. What's in Marco's mouth? It's nothing dirty. Really guessing, really messing. Let's find out. What's in Marco's mouth? All right, my blindfold is on. Ali, Amanda is here, right, Amanda? Yep. She has messaged me what she's feeding okay. you. And, um, you know, we should all be excited. That's what I'm all right. saying. All yeah. right. I'll be excited. Okay. Are you putting it in my mouth or in my hand? Mouth. Fuck. Okay. Here we go. Uh, oh. It's so much. It's so much that she just put in my mouth. Jesus Christ. I don't like it. I don't what? like is it fish? Did you just put some fish in my mouth? God damn it. Oh, fuck. Come on, man. It's what's in Marco's mouth. It could be anything. Maybe it's not fish. It's hot fish. It's tuna. It's fucking... I don't, for fuck's sakes, I don't want to have another bit of this. I really don't, man. It's mush fish. It tastes like sardines with... Uh, it feels like you're like first the pandemic and then this in my mouth. That's how bad this thing feels right now. Like the worst thing that's ever happened to you. It can't be that bad. You know what? It, it, it actually doesn't taste bad. Whatever's in my mouth what doesn't the? taste bad. It's just texturally when you're not expecting it. My wife gave me the biggest chunk possible. Okay. It's like trout. It's like trout or or it's like, I'm going to say it's a cold water fish. I'm gonna say trout. Is it? Is it mussels? What is it? Can I? Okay, give me another. Now that I'm ready for it, I'm gonna have another one. Okay, and this will be my last one because you know this. Whatever I'm eating right now, Elite, does not go well with the bee's knees. That's what I can tell you. Okay, that's what I can tell you, right? Or with right. a blindfold, I think. Okay. It's fucking mussels. It's mussels in a. It's, it's, it's muscles in a, um, it's actually not bad. Whatever it is you're feeding me. Yeah. This is the drama. This is the drama we have to put up with you, with, with, with you. Okay. So it's muscles. We in, uh, 
It's slightly spicy, but it's not that spicy that it has. Now too much you're making me. Now I'm craving it. That. Yeah. How do we go from the most awful thing to s- spicy mussels? Okay, I mean, the, prob- the problem is Ali is that my wife found the the largest mussel in the world and jammed it in my mouth, and it it, it, it when you're not ready for the smell of this item, that's true. Um, actually, it, you just talked about you just talked about honey for yeah. an hour and then. So it's mussels with a um um I'm gonna say uh mussels with cilantro and um and a pepper and some pepper that's not too hot. What's a pepper that's not too hot? Um uh I'm gonna say um and with chilies, with light chili. I don't know what the fuck to say. Okay, that's that's my final answer. I don't want any more because I'm enjoying Buddy. my Okay, what is Buddy, it? Uh, you, PEI Muscles. So it's okay. Scout brand, product of Canada, PEI Muscles in a smoked paprika and paprika. fennel tomato sauce. Okay. Now, to say that it's a spice that's not spicy, you got it. You got the okay. paprika. Okay. All that was missing was the fennel tomato sauce. Oh, Pretty man. good. Pretty good. Pretty, what, what an adventure that was for you and all of us listening. You Turned out to be something you enjoyed. Uh, you know, now that I look at it, it's really... It looks really good. Like what 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 I see in front of me out of this can. So what is this product? This is uh Do you want me to bring Oh yeah, box? yeah, it's Scout. Okay. So I've heard of this. Okay, that's why my wife got this cuz I was talking to her about this. You know, I had seen this product and I had mentioned it to Amanda saying, "I want to try this. It's called Scout Canning." And what they do here is it's wild caught um and uh, aquaculture and so all this stuff it's all locally sourced. You know, we always talk about this like you know, more locally sourced, more um, small farms, small fishermen, yeah. not it's small scale, not- sustainable yeah. fisheries is yeah. what it is. You're using a lot of buzzwords, um, but yes, they are also uh, 1% for the planet is a name of the company uh, who's organizing, who, whose members contribute a portion of their annual sales to environmental causes. So it's a company that's trying to do better and be better. Let's say that yeah. look into it and see what you think. Can I just tell you this? The ingredients, you'll love this, Ali. Organic PEI mussels, tomato puree, cold-pressed sunflower oil, brown rice flour, smoked paprika, salt, fennel seed, garlic, onions, chili flakes, and basta. Nothing, nothing that I can't pronounce. I like it. I like it a lot, as you very, very well know. And yeah, they have organic uh, albacore tuna, MSC certified in olive oil, organic olive oil. The, the olive oil is organic, not the tuna. Yep. Um, and then they have in a garden pesto. They have four, they have five products from what I can see on their website. All great, all pronounceable, all uh, all exciting. Yeah, and you know, I kind of really love, love a company. company. I think this is something that you taught me. Like, I love a company that does a couple of things but does it well. That's my thing, buddy. That's my jam. Those are jam. my people. Love the cocktail. Surprised that I ended up liking after I was able to get my mind around it, the fucking what's in Marco's mouth. Oftentimes it's just a dog's breakfast. Well, we've also all learned that mussels in a paprika tomato sauce don't go well with the bee's knees. That's good to know. That's good to know. Maybe a Sauvignon Blanc would have been the the better choice there, something lighter. But um, well, we learned we learned something there too, as you went through your hell and horror and then came out the other side as a fan. It's, It's nuts, man. Um, listen, it's been a pleasure, my friend. 
It has been a pleasure. Uh, Marco, it'll continue to be a pleasure uh, for a little while longer. We're going to take a break at the end of February, right? Yes. We should let people know that we're going to take a month off yes. and uh, and sit in our truth. Or I don't know what we're going to do. But we're going to take a little month off to uh, to relax. We haven't taken any time off since we started this. Um, something like 80-something episodes ago at this point. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. So we're taking a little break, uh, month of Feb, right? Mid-Feb to mid-March, basically, okay. is what we're going to do. But before our final thing, our final parting gift to people, um, why don't you tell them about what we're doing on February 20th, Mark? All right. Donna so Marie. We're taking a little break in in the month of Feb. But if you, if you feel like you really are jonesing us, we're going to be working with a friend of the show, Donna Marie, with her cooking studio, Relish, relishcookingstudio.com. And what, what it is, is it's a cooking class and we're going to be involved in it. So it's going to be virtual. You're going to see me make a cocktail so that if you're like, listen to me, and you're like, I, I, I still don't feel confident. You'll watch me make it. You're going to do some food item with Donna Marie. And uh, we're ironing that all out. And, uh, uh, it'll be available uh, for you to check out on relishcookingstudio.com and uh, join us in this virtual, uh, you know, extravaganza is what I got to say. Yeah. Last year, we we started having guests on once a month. If you listen to the show regularly, you might remember Donna Marie, the slow cooker queen of Canada. I don't know if that's her actual title, but I think we can give it to her here. Speaking uh, loosely, it's not a copyright term, I assume. Uh, but she always said no one spanks a slow cooker as well as she does. I don't know what that means at all. But join, I, uh, join us on the 20th <laughs> i'm just gonna continue <laughs> drinking my friend i'm just you know what i'm just drinking, i'm drinking more like i just you know you know when you have some water and alcohol left in your shaker and now i'm drinking that have it buddy enjoy your life you deserve it uh thank you so much for today this is a, a very nice and as soon as gin's back in my life i think uh this is a house that always has lemons and limes in it uh, one or the other at least and uh, and I think and it always has honey in it, so there's no reason I shouldn't be making this nice, refreshing drink to uh, to, to make myself feel good. And if you can uh, look into this company, Scout, if you're into uh, canned seafood, I think they're doing a great job at it, and they've got great uh, great intentions behind the company. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. Until we eat and drink again. We hope you got your fill of eat and drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. <laughs>